Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. Today on the show, as we continue our breakdown of our NFC West rivals, we're going to the Los Angeles Rams. And returning to the show is Rich Hammond of The Athletic and The 11 Personnel Podcast. Rich, welcome back. Hey, Brandon. Good to be back with you. Thanks. I'm I'm fired up, man. We're just a few weeks from the start of the NFL season. And I have to imagine that as a follower of the Rams, Rams fans have to be fired up for this season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of attention on Matthew Stafford and the Rams are, you know, they're, they're elevating it a little bit. I mean, they, they aren't saying, of course, that they have uh, Super Bowl aspirations or that they think they're a Super Bowl contender or Super Bowl favorite or anything like that. But but when you make a move as bold as they did and really kind of shake up the, the fundamentals of your franchise by trading your quarterback and bringing in a, a veteran guy. Uh, you've you've done that. Whether or not you want to say it specifically or not, you have raised that bar for yourself and you have set that standard for yourself. So I think Rams fans are excited. They know how good that defense was last year. And and I think uh, if they can maintain that uh, to, to a large extent and elevate that offense with Matthew Stafford, I, I think they have reason to be optimistic. I think there's reason for concern in some areas also, but I also think there's a lot of reason for optimism. Well, it certainly seems that Coach Sean McVay is excited because we've heard him. He's he's headlining the Flying Coach podcast this offseason. And any time that Matthew Stafford is brought up, uh, Coach McVay sounds pretty fired up about it. And in fact, it, it seemed to have gotten him in a little bit of trouble this offseason. Yeah, he uh, Sean, uh, he definitely is excited. And uh, somebody asked him uh, at an event in in Inglewood recently, uh, you know, kind of about how he felt. And, and he said something like, does, does it seem like I'm more excited this off season because I am. And, and look, I, I understand like he, he did not by no means that I think he intended that to be a shot at Jared Goff. I, I don't think he opened his mouth thinking I'm going to, you know, take a pot shot at Jared Goff. I don't believe that at all. And I, I really do think it's genuinely just Sean being excited about working with Matthew Stafford and the potential of how that offense could change and what Matthew Stafford can bring to it. Now, for Sean to say that he was taken out of context, <laughs> I don't believe that. Right. I think that's him trying to cover himself. It, there was a clear distinction being drawn. Well, you're more excited. Why are you more excited? Well, you're more excited because you have Matthew Stafford now instead of Jared Goff. Like that what is the exact <laughs> that right. That is the exact context of what he was talking about. So there was nothing that was taken out of context. It's just I think Sean got out a little bit ahead of his skis and and didn't quite realize what he was saying in the moment. But Look, it's excitement. It's understandable. I appreciated it, to be honest with you. I like when when coaches, when athletes, you know, speak what's on their mind, say it freely. Like I said, I don't believe he was intending to be rude or disrespectful in any way. I think it was just genuine excitement. Well, as I've tried to tell people this offseason, and it, it fits right in with the Rams discussion, because it, we have kind of a, a similar thing happening with new offensive coordinator Shane Waldron coming to the Seahawks. In in one aspect, you have these offensive players that they, you know, they want to talk about or they get asked about the new offensive system, and the, and there's a balancing act that you have to walk about being excited, you know, trying to express right. some excitement about the upcoming season with the new offensive coordinator, while trying right. to stay away from anything that might disrespect the the guy who was formerly there, and so I, I think McVeigh 
was kind of in that same type of realm when he's trying to be excited then with the quarterback change. Yeah, exactly. And you see player, you see it happen to players all the time too. When somebody comes in like, Oh yeah, I'm so excited to be playing next to this guy. Well, well, what is that? Yeah, what about, about the other the guy, guy you were playing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not necessarily that. And look, you're always excited about the one that that you have now. And it was funny because you know Michael Brockers when when uh, when he was still on the Rams when they made the quarterback swap. So Matthew Stafford comes in, and I think TMZ got Michael Brockers at some airport or something, and he's like. Oh yeah, man! You know, so excited to be playing with Matthew Stafford. It's like this is an upgrade. And then what happens? <laughs> he gets traded. Michael back Brockers to gets traded to Detroit. Yeah, and now he's. Like, Can you imagine what that conversation was like? Well, what I, what I meant to say was, but yeah, I, I think it happens all the time. It just you don't you don't hear a coach say something like that very often. So I think that's probably why it was a little more uh, headline worthy. So what about Shane Waldron from the Rams? What can Seahawks fans maybe expect from the offense? Because I mean, in, in one aspect, you you kind of expect maybe some of that Sean McVay system that goes along with it. But at the same time, I, I'm not aware of him having any experience really calling plays. Was, was there, you know, I, I know maybe sometimes they get that experience through preseason and that sort of thing. But I, I think the Seahawks fans were having a, tr- a little bit of trouble knowing what we might be able to expect from a Shane Waldron offense. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair because there there isn't really a blueprint. There's no, there's not a, uh, a track record, at least in the NFL, of, of what his philosophies are. What does he what does he believe in? What does he emphasize? What type of players does he uh, like? What type of offensive line play does he like? It, when when you don't have somebody who has a track record like that, it's very hard to to uh, guess what's coming. He worked very closely with Sean McVay in L.A. He did not call plays. That was Sean McVay's. Uh, total total discretion on play calling. Uh, they did work very closely together. Uh, the the offense is very collaborative. When you talk about him and uh, a handful of other people, Jed Fish was there for a while. Now has moved on to Arizona. Uh, even the running backs coaches, you know, Thomas Brown had a big part in it last year too. So uh, a lot of collaboration in, in that area. Uh, but you just don't know. And it was very similar to when Matt LaFleur left the Rams and and went to, to first he went to Tennessee to call plays and then went to Green Bay. Didn't know anything about Matt LaFleur really and, and what he kind of valued. Uh, Shane's background is is certainly more in the passing game. He was the tight ends coach here before uh, before he kind of moved up to the pass game coordinator role. So if you're looking for any hints, he certainly has a little bit more of a, a pass game background than he does a run game background. And and obviously that's a huge part of what Sean McVay uh, did here in, or has done here in L.A., uh, much more uh, focused on, on moving the ball down the field rather than running it so much to the consternation of some Rams fans at times. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's Shane Waldron. He might have completely different ideas. And and we saw it, frankly, uh, just last year when when Brandon Staley came in on the defensive side. Brandon Staley worked under guys like Vic Fangio for, for a long time. So you kind of think, oh, he's just going to be a Vic Fangio clone. He's going to do the same thing that Vic did. That's not necessarily true. You usually see guys like that certainly bring a lot of the elements from their previous offense or, or things from their previous coach, previous boss. 
but they all have different thoughts. They all have different things that they've been sitting there for the last five years thinking, if I ever get to call the plays, this is how I'm going to do it. And maybe nobody even knows that. Maybe it's just his wife and his best friend who he's talked about that with. But but he's had ideas for a long time. So, yeah, there, there's no blueprint. Um, but I, I'm sure he's he's putting his stamp on that offense, you know, throughout OTAs and, and heading into training camp. Yeah, definitely bringing in a new coordinator brings some aspect to uncertainty. And so I'm, I'm curious your thoughts of Brandon Staley leaving and then now having to fill behind him the the Rams defense has an outstanding year. And I suppose yeah. it's not all the defensive coordinator. Plus, you lose some key players on defense, too. What What's your feeling on the defense going into this year? Well, the thing you worry about is, is this is the third coordinator in three years now uh, with, you know, Wade Phillips was there for uh, three years, I guess, or maybe it was four. Uh, Brandon Staley comes in, changes a lot, uh, was there for one year, then gets a job. And then in comes Raheem Morris. Um, so I, the thing that they're not making a ton of changes in terms of style and play like that, if, if they were shifting to a four, three or really fundamentally changing the way that they handle their personnel, I'd have a little bit more concern. And I didn't know exactly how Raheem Morris would think about that because he's a guy who's been around a long time. He's run defenses for, you know, years and years. Uh, but, but they, he really seems amendable to kind of just, okay, what, what was here worked. And and the, the the personnel worked, and obviously, like you said, they they've had some losses. John Johnson is a huge loss. Uh, Michael Brockers is a big loss. Troy Hill is a pretty big loss, maybe even an underrated one. Uh, so they've got some personnel issues that that they've got to uh, work out there. But in terms of a, a scheme type deal, I, I I think their mindset is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I, I think you'll certainly see some tweaks here and there because. As I just said with Shane Waldron, everybody has their own little thoughts and their own little nuances that they want to do. Uh, but but I think the Rams, Sean McVay, have been mindful of that. Is they don't want to up you know cause a great upheaval and and a third coordinator in three years. You you, you have your foundations. You have Aaron Donald. You have Jalen Ramsey. It worked last year. Uh, don't mess with it. You're going to have to make some tweaks here and there with personnel. Um, so the fact that they had that mindset. I think should make Rams fans feel a little bit better about the situation. I feel like it might be getting to the time to start asking the question about Aaron Donald that maybe we've been asking about Tom Brady for the last five or six years. And that's at his age. When is he going to start slowing down? Because that's what I want to see as a Seahawks fan. Yeah, no, there's a lot of 30, 31 other teams, I think, want to see that, too, or at least the 16 uh, uh, that they that they play every year. Not seeing it yet. Got to be honest. I mean, he's he's no. still in those years where you go. Uh, he's he's in his prime now. Now, the thing just projecting and I'm just I'm just going off of your question here is you, you will start to look for that at some point, because, you know, a lot of Aaron Donald's uh, I mean, you're just talking about a remarkable player who does. Oh, so yeah, many he's so well, fast. But, and, you know, it's that quickness that you wonder, you know, with right. the feet, you know, at, at what point or, you know, do uh, injuries maybe start to linger a little bit longer than they did when he was younger. And, and we did see him go yeah. out with injury, even in the Seahawks game uh, in the playoffs. And yeah. yet even with him out, the Seahawks offense couldn't do anything. So, yeah, he's the best player in the NFL still. So. Well, look, I'll put it this way, Brandon. I, I think when it circles back to, to Matthew Stafford, I, I think 
you know, NFL coaches, GMs, are, they, they never want to talk about a window, right? They never want to say like, oh, yeah, this is our two or three year window to win a Super Bowl. You'll never hear them say that because it pigeonholes them into something that they don't want to be they don't want to be put in. Uh, but I, I think it might be a big part of what you're talking about. You've got Aaron Donald in his prime right now. You, you know who he is. He's the best defensive player in football right now. You don't know what's going to happen a year from now, two years from now. You, you, like you said, you don't know how those injuries uh, if they, if they keep coming up, you don't know how well that, that quickness, that burst that you talked about is going to hold up. You don't know what happens with Jalen Ramsey, but you've got those guys right now. You've got arguably, and I'm not saying this, but you can make the argument that you've got the best defensive lineman and the best cornerback in the NFL right now. Yeah, I don't and think that's a difficult argument to make. <laughs> I don't think it is either, but I don't want to, you know, this somebody always goes, you know, what about, what about, what about, right. but, um, but you, you know, you, you know what you have right now, you have those two guys in their prime. And, and I think that's why the Rams looked at that and people go, oh, gosh, you know what you're giving up so much to get Matthew Stafford, you know, you're mortgaging your future, your, your salary cap is, is, you know, all sorts of disarray. Yeah, but you've got Aaron Donald in his prime right now. You've got a once-in-a-generation player in his prime wrecking havoc. You've got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, now's the time. Now's the time. And if it doesn't work out, oh boy, like, you know, we're going to be having a very tough conversation, uh, you know, two years from now if if they don't get to a Super Bowl. Uh, but but I, I think the Rams sense that and, and they know that they have to take advantage of it. Coming up after the break, we are going to get into the second half of my interview with Rich. We actually recorded this last week before the Cam Akers news about him having the Achilles injury being out for the year. So when we get into this next part, you're going to hear how there was already some questions about his health. And so this injury is really going to put a strain on the depth the Rams have at the position. I went ahead and left it in so you could hear some of that rather than cutting it out. And that is coming up next. Talking to Rich Hammond of The Athletic, and we are recapping the Rams offseason. One of the biggest moves, of course, is the trade for Matt Stafford. And while there's not the excitement of the potential upside of a rookie, you're getting an established veteran. A guy who, yes, he's only made one Pro Bowl. He doesn't have any playoff wins. I think Jared Goff hasn't beaten both those categories. But even though, uh, to, to point out those stats, I mean, everybody can see that when you compare Matt Stafford to Jared Goff, that, that Matt's the better quarterback. At the same time, there, there still are some of those questions, though, is that can he come in and really be that leader of a winning team? There's no question about it. I mean, he, look, he, you, you can talk about Detroit all you want and and very fairly with some of the teams and some of the issues that, that you know, Stafford had to deal with in Detroit. But he doesn't he doesn't have that resume like Jared Goff's resume is is much better than Matthew Stafford's when you look at playoffs. I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's won playoff games. He took them there uh, last year, even when he was hurt, uh, playing hurt. Um, Matthew Stafford hasn't done that. That doesn't mean he can't do it. It doesn't mean he won't do it, uh, especially, you know, given the, the upgrades that you presume he's going to get in Los Angeles. But you're right. It's an, it's an open question. It, you're not trading for, for somebody who's proven that he can go out and win a Super Bowl. Now, everybody has to win their first one. I mean, everybody at some point, Tom Brady at some point in his career faced that question. Of, oh, can Tom Brady win a Super Bowl? Well, yeah, then he went and won two handfuls of them. Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't mean that somebody can't do it, but yeah, you, you're, you're risking. It's, 
certainly, absolutely is a risk. You don't know how Matthew Stafford is going to come in and, and fit in with that personnel. Jared Goff had great rapport developed with certain players, with Cooper Cup, with Robert Woods, with Tyler Higby, with An- uh, Andrew Whitworth on the offensive line. I mean, there was a lot of familiarity and, and, and chemistry built up there since 2016 or 2017 with some guys. Um, and you're starting over there. With, with Matthew Stafford because he's never played with any of these guys before. Uh, so you don't know. There, there, there certainly is an, an element of risk and an element of the unknown. But Sean McVay, look, uh, he, he's, he's looked at it. He identified Matthew Stafford right away and said, this is my guy. This is who I want. They went out and got him. And, and they're making a bet on Sean McVay. They're making a bet that Sean McVay has found his guy and that this is the person who's going to elevate this offense. Uh, I personally think there's some other issues that that they need to address as well. But the Rams clearly thought that the one thing they need to do this offseason in order to elevate that offense was to change the quarterback. So if that's what they believe and and that's what they're firmly thinking that this is what uh, needs to change in order for us to make the Super Bowl, then they've got to do it. And they did. So we'll see how it turns out. So what are some of those issues that they still have to address, do you think? Well, the running game is still um, – a lot of people are jumping on the Cam Akers bandwagon, and I'm a big Cam Akers fan too. Uh, I I think he has enormous potential. But Cam Akers also didn't even come close to making it through full season last year. He had uh, some knick-knack injuries, nothing serious, fortunately, nothing that seems like it's going to be like a chronic-type deal. But he had some ankle issues that kind of kept him out for a while. Uh, Daryl Henderson, his backup, also has had a lot of kind of knick-knack injuries. You might call them some, you know, muscle strain type stuff. Um, So neither one of those guys has yet to prove that they can make it through a full season and and be productive. And then the Rams also, uh, Malcolm Brown, who was kind of their steady, um, not real spectacular running back, but you knew what you got out of him. Now he's gone. Uh, So there's a lot of question marks. And I, I know a lot of people are real excited about Cam Akers. And again, I think they should be. Uh, but but there are some unanswered questions there. And then I'd look at the offensive line. I mean, they continue to once again bet on the the ageless wonder, Andrew Whitworth <laughs> at, at left tackle, who by all accounts is going to play until he's 45 or 50 and and you know keep good. but but you just don't know. You're you're betting a lot there that that he's going to be able to hold up because if he doesn't they don't really have a proven person who can step in and and play left tackle. Joe, Joe, excuse me, Joe Noteboom has has been around for a couple of years, uh, but he hasn't played that role uh, at any great length. Uh, they're playing him more at guard. Uh, they, you know, Rob Havenstein is a right tackle. He's he's not going to move over and play left tackle. So, and they have a couple other questions. They're they're moving a new center in. They let Austin Blythe walk away to Kansas City, and and they're putting they're moving Austin Corbett from from guard to center. So you don't know how that's going to to work out. Uh, Austin Corbett played very well at guard, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to uh, step in and and be a fantastic center. So there's issues there, and quite frankly, Brandon, I I think there's some issues with Sean McVay's play calling that, that he needs to address at times. Oh, really? And, and I'm yeah, I do. Like when when you get into some games, sometimes I I think. You know, talking about what Shane Waldron might do, Sean McVay gets very pass happy at times, mm. and uh, especially in games where things start to get a little bit sideways on him. 
uh, and, and he's not the one dictating the way that the game is going, I think you see a shift in him sometimes. And I, and I think he needs to address that a little bit uh, just, just to make sure that, that he's kind of staying within himself as a play caller. I think he will do that. And, and I think that's where I need to remind myself and other people need to remind myself that he's still very young. And, you know, he's still very new at this for all the success that he's had. But but I think there's some growth that, that still needs to happen there. So do I think Matthew Stafford's going to elevate this offense? Yeah, I, I do. But uh, I also don't think people should just think, oh, you know, plug and play. Matthew Stafford is there now and and automatically it's a Super Bowl offense. There, there's still a couple other issues that they that they need to address. How much leeway do you think he has, say, if the Rams get out to a slow start in the season? Is there going to be some heat on Sean McVay? No, I don't think so. Uh, not not after last year, just because I, I, I think, you know, getting them to, to double digit wins last year and getting them to the playoffs. Um, I, I think there, there was a little bit after, you know, 2019 when, when they didn't do, certainly didn't do as well, didn't follow up that Super Bowl season with a very good season at all. I think if you would have seen them go eight and eight last year or seven and nine and missed the, and missed the playoffs. And then you put on top of that, like a, a one and three start in 2021. Okay. Then we can have that talk. Then we can start to be like, mm-hmm, what's going on here. But, but I, I think the the fact that he was able to get through that really difficult season, I mean, it was difficult for everybody. I'm not saying it was more difficult for the Rams, sure. but uh, well, it was to, supposed to, to be the opening season in the, in the new stadium. And you kind of right. miss out on that. And and so now that right. you get that this year, but uh, yeah, I think there was all that yeah. excitement that that was kind of going into that. There, there was a lot going on. Yeah, with, with everybody and within the Rams. So I, I, I think he, I think he has kind of repurchased for himself some, some, some good graces, and you know the fact that they did get to that. Uh, that playoff game, getting to Green Bay, and you know they, they were trotting out one quarterback who was who was injured, and then you know trying to be, see if they put John Wolford in there to play. So you know, I, I, I think Sean did well for himself last year, and uh, so yeah, I, I don't I don't think if, if there's a little bit of wobble at the start of this season, especially you have a new quarterback, you have a new defensive coordinator. Not that those are excuses, but I I I think that that would kind of prevent him from being on the hot seat. Yeah. How about on defense? Any other questions kind of lingering on the defensive side? Sure. Yeah, there's there's the issue of the of the front. And and I think with depth, you know, we talk about Aaron Donald and he's a, you know, one man wrecking crew, obviously. Uh, But Michael Brockers is a big part of that uh, that defense and probably didn't get the uh, appreciation. I think he did among Rams fans or among most Rams fans. But I I think people maybe didn't realize how big of a part of of that defense um, he was. So other people are going to have to step up. Sebastian Joseph Day has played a good role over the last couple of years, but more is going to be asked of him now. I, I, I think he can handle it, uh, but he's going to need to, to play a bigger role. Ashawn Robinson, who came in last year, he's going to need to play a, a bigger role on, on that front. I think they're good in the secondary, even losing a John Johnson, which is certainly a big loss. But the way that Jordan Fuller played last year as a rookie and and bringing in a guy like Terrell Burgess, who, who should be able to play more. They've got some good young players in that secondary. And, and at cornerback, again, obviously you have Jalen Ramsey. Darius Williams was kind of a revelation last year with the way that he came in and, and really played himself into a, a starting role. Uh, the other area that I would look at is is linebacker and specifically inside linebacker. And, and again, this is one that I'll be really keeping a close eye on, kind of how Raheem Morris 
uh, views those guys. They they have some pieces there, uh, but they to me there's not the perfect fit just yet. I mean, and they, they've got they've got four or five guys who you look at and you go, yeah, those guys could you know fill those roles, but none of them have really proven it just yet, and and none of them have done it over a full. Uh, full NFL season. So, you know, I'm looking at a guy like Micah Kaiser, who I, I think is a very smart player and, and has the ability to hold down that middle linebacker spot, but he's been hurt a lot and he hasn't made it through a full season. Uh, a guy like Traven Howard sh- has showed a lot, but then had to miss last season because of an injury. So it's guys like that that I look at and I say, well, I, I think the, the possibility is there. I think the potential is there. But uh, they have to prove it. They have to. They have to show kind of like those running backs that we were talking about. I think the potential is there, uh, but they have to be able to fulfill it. And if they don't, I think that could be a little bit of an issue in the in the middle of that defense. Going back to interior defensive line, it was one thing that jumped out at me. We were ranking the top three players uh, in the NFC West at the different positions, and when we were at defensive interior. It was an easy decision as to who was number one because it's Aaron Donald. But really, in the NFC West, I was surprised at the lack of of talent, really. Uh, apart from you know, Puna Ford on the Seahawks is probably now the might even be the number two in the division now that Jaron Reed has left. You got Javon Kinlaw with a lot of promise out of San Francisco, but definitely not a proven interior player. Uh, Joseph Day, who you mentioned, is probably the best run stopper. Uh, in, in the division, even when you you know compare him with Puna Ford, might be a little more balanced in terms of his ability to run stop and get after the passer. But uh, and and so that's why I think we ranked him as as high as we did. But um, you know, apart from that, it's it's surprising how little talent to me, especially when you consider how run oriented so many teams are in the NFC West, that there's not that top level interior talent. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And it, it really is, you know, it's been kind of an arms race in that division in, in other positions. And, and uh, you know, I, I think Brandon Staley came in. So, so much of his uh, defense was based on the back half. And, and I mean, he had guys, too. Like, I, I'm sure if you asked him about it, uh, you know, he, he would tell you, like, well, I, I had a guy like John Johnson who I could bring up to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, play in the box. And he, he would be absolutely correct about that. And, and the Rams still have a couple of guys who, who can who can do that. Or, or you bring pressure from from different areas. I mean, the Rams brought a lot with with Jalen Ramsey sometimes or, or Darius Williams. So Seahawks have, I, I have Jamal Adams. The, the Cardinals have Buda Baker. So, yeah, that I suppose that does make up for it. And in, in some aspects. Yeah. You're right. But just in terms, I mean, that that was a criticism going back uh, to, to the last year of, of Wade Phillips uh, defense two years ago was that the Rams just weren't very stout up front for for whatever reason. And they, they were allowing those those people even I, I forget who it was. I, I'm not deliberately uh, blanking on the person's name, but somebody was talking about Aaron Donald like, oh, is, is Aaron Donald really a good run defender? <laughs> uh, like they had that debate a couple of years ago where it was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, have you seen this guy play? But, you know, I, it was a lot of it was he's you know, so who, good at one thing. Just, you forget about the other stuff. I know. You're like, well, yeah, he's not he's not like a, you know, Hall of Fame run stopper. Yeah. But he's still pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, uh, you know, yeah, it, it is very interesting to see where teams kind of uh, put their resources into. And the Rams have really put a lot of their resources into the back end uh, of that defense in, in recent years. Like I said, they, they bring in guys. They drafted Sebastian Joseph Day. They, they got Ashawn Robinson as a, as a free agent, basically, off the off the pile. 
they they drafted a, a Washington guy, Greg Gaines, a couple of years ago, who uh, was supposed to kind of you know fill into that rotation, but really really hasn't as of yet. So Rams, you know, they haven't put a lot of resources, whether it was the draft or or free agency, into that into that defensive front. So it, it's interesting. That that's a great question. It would be it would be interesting to have kind of a, a roundtable discussion of those coaches and and to get their philosophies on that, especially in a, in a division with some of those offenses, like you said. Yeah, obviously you can't be amazing at every position, so you do have to to decide on where you're going to try and find the most value, and and maybe that just happens to be uh, coincidentally where it is in throughout the division. But it's yeah, it's yeah. it's just interesting that that's how it's worked out. The before we go, I I just have to say I, I'm looking at the odds makers, and it's interesting. I I see the Rams flipping back and forth for the forty with the 49ers as the teams among the favorites to win the conference. And it's it's a little bit interesting to me that the 49ers, obviously they have a ton of talent, but the quarterback is such a big question with the Niners. You have the Rams, and I, I feel like the Seahawks are getting overlooked a little bit as the, the division champions here. I'll be, and not just because I'm joining you. This is this is not pandering. I, I think if you, if you go I'm back... I'm giving you I, the I, opportunity to, to pander, Rich. Okay, well, you can accept it that way too. But I, I think I've been pretty consistent. If anybody's gone back through my writing or through my podcast over the last five years or so, I, I, I think Seattle just just goes under the radar every year because that consistency is there. Like there, it's just a consistently well-run organization and a well-coached organization, and it's never a team that you look at at the start of the year and go, "Wow." Look, look at the Seahawks. They're just going to blow everybody away this year. Um, it's, it's, a, it's always a good roster. There's always talent on the roster. But I, I think they just go underappreciated every year just because of that steady consistency that's there with Pete Carroll and with the front office and, and Russ and, and the, the players that they've had there. Every year I look at it and go, yeah, but but Seattle, like everybody just there, there's always like a hot team, right? Especially in this division, like, oh, the Rams are hot because of Sean McVay. Oh, the, the 49ers are hot because of Shanahan and because of the you know, quarterback. Oh, Arizona's hot because they've got Cliff and they've got Kyler and they've got all these guys. But And it's like, yeah, but Seattle, like Seattle's still there. They're just kind of it's almost like the tortoise and hare thing, right? Like, I mean, all these other teams are trying to get out there and, and be exciting and make all these big additions. And Seattle just kind of chugs along. And, and every year they're right there and, and they're, they're just as good as, as they were the year before. I mean, obviously there's been some down years here and there, but, but, you know, you look at the measure of it over the last uh, few years, they're, they're just consistently good. And so I think people lose sight of that uh, a little bit. I'm not as high on the 49ers. I got to be honest. I, I, I don't, I don't quite see that at least this year. Um, I, I'm not as high on the Cardinals. I, I think there's a lot of talent there. I think that there's, I think they are going to put it together. I, I think they got uh, they certainly they exceeded my expectations uh, last year uh, in term, terms of what they can do. I know they fell off a bit, uh, you know, at the end. But uh, I think that I think there's a lot of potential there. Whether they put it all together this year, I, I don't know. I feel like they can still be uh, a year away. So I, I do look at the Rams. So I guess if I was pandering before, I, I can I can be a little bit of a homer maybe uh, for L.A., uh, like I, I do think it's a very talented team. I, I uh, you know, we, we talked about some of the issues that they have. 
but if, if those things come together, uh, there's no reason why the Rams can't be one of the top teams in the NFC. They, they have the talent at every position. They have the coaching. Like every team, they need things to break their way. Uh, but when you just look at it on paper, they, they certainly have the, the talent to be there. And, and I would say Seattle does, too. Well, with adding the extra game then going into the into the season, where do you think the, the win total is at the disappointment level for Rams fans then? Is it 11 and six? Is it 10 and seven? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, you know, it's uh, as you know, I'm sure you know from your Seattle fan base, it, it's all about your expectations, yeah. right? And I, I think expectations have been so sky high during the Sean McVay era that suddenly, you know, anything less than double digit wins seems like a failure. And you're like, well, you know, look around, like look at the standings year over year and the teams that win 10 games every year. There's not a whole lot of them. I mean, that's a pretty good, now that we're going to 17. Yeah. Then you're looking at uh, 10 and seven seems like a disappointment to me. It feels like the new nine and seven. It, it does. I, I think it makes a difference. I think I think it makes a difference. And, and especially when you're talking about a, a, a top team. I mean, to, to me, 11 kind of seems like the over under um, what it's going to take to win this division. I'm, I'm not sure it, it could. Uh, I don't know, just 12 and five. Get it done. I, I, I'm not really sure about that. But but I, I think when you're talking about the Rams perspective, yeah, I, I think it I think the discussion probably starts at 11 wins. If it's anything under the mat, then you're probably going to hear some grumbling. He's Rich Hammond of The Athletic and the 11 Personnel Podcast. Rich, if people want to check out the show to, to get some more Rams content here going into the season, you know, leading into Seahawks games, where do they go? Yeah, I appreciate it, Brandon. Uh, yeah, 11 Personnel, you can find it for those who subscribe to The Athletic. It's readily available in, in our podcast or on our website. You can search for it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google, wherever you get your podcast, you, you should be able to find it. So thank you very much for having me, Brandon. I, I appreciate it. If people haven't subscribed to The Athletic, uh, it's a great place to go. Always enjoy reading some ad-free uh, content on the web. And yeah, you can get your Seahawks news there as well as uh, all the NFL news. So uh, definitely check yeah. that out. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, we love Michael Sean Dugard. does a fantastic job. Uh, yes, RRB, even so. though even <laughs> though he got robbed of the, the Best New Writer Award, but uh, I see the Rams are... Are getting those awards too in the offseason. <laughs> Stole that from the Seahawks too. Yeah, no. But Jordan's we, great. We, I, <laughs> congratulations, Jordan's fantastic. The two of them, uh, shining stars at our company. So, so we're we're lucky to have both of them. But th- thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks once again to Rich Hammond, senior editor at the Athletic, and you can catch him on the Eleven Personnel podcast. And just a, a big thanks for him coming on and hearing about what the Rams got going on this offseason, some of the expectations going into 2021 and it's a good time to do it because now we are rolling into the season training camps going to be starting up and so john p gilbert up on the website he has an article what to watch for when the seahawks report to camp this week also some personnel moves heading in to training camp they've signed a new wide receiver they've released a cornerback so check out those moves up at fieldgoals.com also with our partner site you can help name the new Seattle Kraken community on SB Nation. So if you're a hockey fan, you're going to want to get in on that. Lots more to come. I'm going to be talking Cardinals later this week. We've got Johnny Venerable from Revenge of the Birds. So going to be talking Cardinals coming up next. Stay tuned. Subscribe to the show if you have not already so you can get that in your feed as soon as it comes out. SBNation.com slash NFL podcast. And we will talk more soon. So until then, go Hawks.